and we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the AEW Dynamite Review Show. Is always hosted by your boy TK, exclusively on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And as always, if you're watching right now, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. And Hey, you don't have to just watch us. If you want to listen to us in the car, you can listen to us. You can listen to us on all major audio platforms, Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Music, and more. Just search the Bloodline Entertainment Network into Google. You'll find us. You'll be able to listen to us in and, and, and the website, the website, everything we do, whether it's video, whether it's audio, whether it's sports, wrestling, entertainment, everything we do in one place, Bloodline network.com please check it out including what my guest does my boy bloodlines own no longer honorary bloodlines own ooze my boy cage my iq dan bakley what's up brother welcome to the AEW dynamite review show what a show tonight man a week a week weekend a few few days away from dot from double nothing man it was a good one Oh, bro, I'm like, it was an exhilarating show, really, from start to finish. There are a couple of things I was skeptical of going into the show. The Jay White versus Ricky Starks match. I was confused as to why. the When it was touted as a three-on-three women's match, I was confused yeah. as to why. But all in all, what a fucking show. Um, highlights to you, what stood out to you? Definitely, uh, we'll start with the big one at the end. Of course, we we got the the return of Hangman with a patch on, that stood out. I love the the women's tag match. I thought that they they went they went balling basically. I thought that was a great match, and of course, I I just like the vignettes that they did. Of course, my favorite match of the night was, of course, Jericho and Roderick mm. Strong, as uh, Roderick Strong. He didn't miss a beat since he's been out for the past six months. Yeah, Roddy looked awesome, bro. He was he was fit. He looked in great shape. That match was hard hitting, physical. Couple of quick common streets. Did CM Punk come back? No, we'll talk <laughs> about that. We will talk about that. Justin, my boy, what's good, fellas? Salute to the Bloodline. Salute to you, man. Hope you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, how we do on the AEW. Dynamite Review Show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly just run through the show. Then I'm going to come back to Dan here. We're going to play Topic Battle Royal. Whatever he wants, he's going to start off. I got a pretty good idea, but I don't know because he's the biggest Jay White mark out there. So maybe he just passes the eye patch pirate captain cowboy shit and goes to Jay White, Ricky Starks. But I digress. As Dan says, we're only 11, away, 11 days away from Double or Nothing. It's May 28th. I'm excited. I think that they're booking towards an 11 match card. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I like the card, especially yeah. after what happened in the last in the last two segments tonight with the Jay White Ricky Starks and then the, the main event segment. So overall, I really like how the world title challengers were all involved in the show tonight. All the four pillars vignette was really cool. I liked how the three of them helped each other out. It was very random, but I did yeah. like it. I like how they were involved again in, in stories and vignettes on the show together. I loved how Jack cheated to beat Roosh. It's like you don't want Roosh to um, to to uh, be buried, quote-unquote buried. You're not being buried by losing to a yeah. guy in a world title fucking match. 
but you don't want Roosh to lose. And, you know, Jack had to pull the trunk swing, which is awesome. I love to continue to build on the workhorse that is Orange Cassidy. God, he's a workhorse. I thought he'd lose the belt to double or nothing. I don't see that happening anymore. This man is an animal. I actually fire. like the Wardlow. Go ahead, Bigley. What were you going to say, my dude? No, just going to say fire. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'll get into it a little bit more later. Yeah, fire. Yep. Well, yep, absolutely. Wardlow and Christian. Well, I thought I would hate it. I actually like that they put a ladder involved in it. It makes it make sense, which I'm okay with. I love the BCC fucking up the Young Bucks in the parking lot. And then, my God, the main event. What the Captain Eyepatch Hangman coming back. Who couldn't love that? I love the story progression between Ricky and Jay. And I loved the tag team match that was DMD and Sheeta against the Outcast, Ruby and Tony. That was awesome. But really quick, let's run it. So Wardlow started the show. Wardlow started the show. I was like, oh, okay, we got a big announcement. We got all these matches booked, but it's War Daddy coming out in these super tight jeans, which I didn't mind. But War Daddy comes out, super tight jeans fit, calls Christian out, lays the title in the ring. Christian Luchasaurus confront him, low blow by Christian, chokeslam through a ladder. Hence why we're going to have a ladder match later. That was the opening segment. Then we got a really fun tag team match. Darby Allen team with Orange Cassidy against Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. I do like that team. I know they were part of the firm. I know the firm might not be anymore, but I do like the Big Bill, Lee Moriarty thing. It's a big guy with a little guy. Who doesn't like that dynamic? They've been wrestling with each other on the house shows, as Excalibur mentioned. I like it. Of course, Darby and OC get the win. It was a fun match, though. Then the BCC attacked the Young Bucks in the parking lot. Mox got in the camera's face and said, the BCC is the elite. God damn, I love that intensity. We're back from commercial break. Renee is with Wardlow. Or no, before commercial break, I apologize. Renee is with Wardlow. Double A comes in. He takes the ice patch that Ward, or ice bag that Wardlow has on his face and just fucking chucks it at the wall above his head. It easily could have whacked Wardlow in the face. And so it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? This is what I told you. This is why I should have been out there. Wardlow's like, no, dude, this is why I didn't want you out there. Christian, you want a match? You want a ladder match? I got you a ladder match at double or nothing. Like I said, I dig that. After the break, back to Renee again. I like that this isn't Tony Schiavone anymore. Renee, she's a workhorse. She's with the workhorse. She's with Orange Cassidy. He says he'll fight anybody at double or nothing. He looks really beat up, and the announcers are selling it at this point. Sammy Guevara's turn. He comes to the ring. He beats Exodus Prime. Cuts a promo about becoming the new AEW world champion. Sammy's been good on the stick. I appreciate his work lately. Well, I always appreciate his work, but I appreciate his work on the stick even more lately. We got that nice four-pillar vignette right afterwards. Tony Schiavone hits the ring for his first time and only time. Uh, he had double J, J Lethal, uh, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh come out for an interview, get attacked from behind by FTR. They throw Satnam Singh off stage, which was super cool. They get the upper hand. I, I swear to God, it looked like Double J was, they were trying to bust Double J open, but he just like couldn't get busted open. Karen Jarrett, Karen Jarrett of all people comes up, fucking hits the low blow, ends up two guitar shots, one from Lethal, one from Jarrett on the cash and Dax. They, they both, Guitars had their names on them, by the way, to start the segment. So that was interesting. Karen Jarrett, very interesting. Mind you, she was involved in that Ric Flair's last match thing that also involved Double J and Jeff Jarrett, um, if you want to go back to that as well. So I guess Karen Jarrett is all elite or something along those lines. Then we get this fun tag team match that Dan was talking about. Tony Storm and Ruby Soho 
defeated Dr. Britt Baker D and D in her car Ishida. It was a really, really fun match. They put it out in commentary how this was Tony Storm's fourth win in five days. That's dope. Clearly, I thought this was going to be setting up to a three-on-three three at double or nothing, but it will be a one-on-one -on -one match with Tony Storm taking on Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's Championship. Next, another Renee, Renee Paquette segment. Again with Orange Cassidy. This time, Renee tells Orange that 20 people have asked Tony Khan for a shot at his title for double or nothing. And Orange is like, fuck it. You know, we'll make it a battle royal. We'll make it 21. The title will be on the line. I love this Orange Cassidy. And I can't wait to hear what Dan has to say about it. It's going to be really fun at double or nothing. And then that way, you get all your filler guys, your new Roderick Strongs and your Rooshes, your guys who aren't going to be on the show, on the show. I love that. Tony Khan, his huge announcement. His huge announcement. I guess, I guess his announcement is Collision that was kind of announced earlier. Well, not kind of, that was announced by Warner Brothers Discovery earlier today. But Tony Khan officially announces it. He announces some Canadian dates, some other places that they're going to be. And then he goes and says he will have another announcement for where the first show will be next week. An announcement for an announcement for an announcement now. I digress. We'll talk about that. The next match, next time, Chris Jericho, Roderick Strong. Oh, my God. These guys bleat, beat the fuck out of each other, dude. Chops, 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 chops. It looked like Gunther was in this match. These guys' chests just looked like fucking raw meat. It was awesome. Roderick Strong cut the fuck up. This dude looked good. They fought in the ring. They fought up the stairs. They fought in the concessions. Threw tables in the concessions in the hallway. On this ledge in the hallway. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they're on this ledge. Like, my heart's racing. I'm like, Chris Jericho is 50 years old. And people want to bash this guy. And he's wrestling on a fucking ledge right now. What the fuck? The end of the day, they got outside as we knew they would. This is a false count anywhere match. And Adam Cole was banned from the arena. Adam Cole is there, hits him with a boom inside some, like, dirt. Roddy hits a big knee for the win. Loved it, dude. Next, Jack Jack Perry versus Roosh. Another fun match. This show was filled with fun wrestling. Go back and watch it if you missed it. Jack and Roosh tore it down. Jack got bloody in the match. As I said earlier, Jack had to use the trunks to beat Roosh. Keeps Roosh looking good. After the match, Preston Vance came out. Him and Roosh attacked Jack. Darby Allen comes out and makes the save, and then they get the better of Darby. Sammy Guevara comes out and makes the save for Darby. I think I missed um, when I was going over these notes a little bit earlier in the night. Darby had an, a backstage segment with Renee, which Sammy came up. They fist bumped each other, said they had respect, which set this up ultimately. But Sammy makes the save. Sammy and Darby do a double dropkick to Preston Vance, dropkick him out of the ring. The three pillars inside the ring kind of look at each other. Flash to the back to MJF, who's with Renee again. What is this, her, like, ninth segment? MVP of the night's Renee. She has MJF a question. He fucking swats the, the, the mic out of her hand and walks away. Tony Storm again with Renee. She's screaming into the mic, where are you, Jamie? Where are you? I'm better than you. I want a title shot. Tony Storm challenges Jamie, Jamie Hayter. We get the match at double or nothing. Ricky Starks, Jay White. Oh, my God. They claimed it to be the main event wasn't quite the main event segment. It was the main event match. This was a great match and just a, oh, an appetizer for what we're going to get at Double or Nothing. Ended in a DQ. Juice Robinson got involved, brought a chair in the ring. Ricky took this chair, hit them both with it. We're going to get this match again at Double or Nothing. Cannot wait. 
Main event, actual segment, Don Callis comes to the ring. Security left and right. Kenny Omega comes out. BCC attack Kenny. Paradigm shift on the ramp from Mox to Kenny. BCC hit the ring. Mox says the war is already over. This is your final warning. Step the fuck back, Kenny. Young Bucks come out with a garbage can full of toys. Okay, four on three. You know who's coming. Hangman comes. We already told you. They attack. We attack. Hangman gets the mic. Anarchy in the fucking arena. Let's fucking go, baby. Bakley, your turn. Let's go. Topic Battle Royal. Whatever you want to talk about, let's talk about it. I want to talk about Orange Cassidy. He doesn't get the love and the respect that he deserves. Uh, he's we was always talking about the main eventers, always talking about the tag champs, everybody, the big names. This guy has defended that title 19 or 20 times. He is the longest tenured champion in AEW right now. This guy has put himself over. The fans are behind him. He does what he has to do on the mid card. At what point do they just say, there's no more we can do with him with this title before we just have to push him up? Because he's done everything. It's it's a quintessential IC title run where you see if he can sink or swim. He, he is swimming handily with ease by himself. The, the shows of him being worn out from matches because he's just carrying the company on his back each and every week. Wrestling, this is what we wanted the TNT title to be. Every week, defended, wrestled, and he's done it. He's done it easily, and that's why this guy goes out and says, you know what, just like Orange Cassie says, me versus 20 guys, let's go. Blackjack Battle Royal, 21 people, let's go. I don't care. Orange Cassidy, thumbs up. That's what he does. I love it. Like We've talked about this for years, how I know you want the biggest of fans early on. Like I've been a fan from him from the beginning, but then towards the middle, I was like, ah, it might be getting rusty. Now it's back on. Now it's fresh mm-hmm. still and with the each and every week. I love every nuance that he's added to his repertoire each week. I even like that he keeps the, the hand bandage on because he's selling the fact that he's still hurt. That's the little things that he does that just gets me going each and every week that he's on the show. Keep him on. Don't take him off. You take him off, I'll be pissed. <laughs> you can't take him off. Yo, if you follow, again, go to the blood, bloodlinenetwork.com. Look at TK's power rankings. Orange Cassidy is continually in the top three to top four because he is the workhorse of the company. MJF, he's the world champ, sure. But, dude, this man is the workhorse horse of the company i just want to give some shout outs to the chat for sure dylan thanks for tuning in my guy will gray just talked with you on uw pod not long ago right here on the bloodline entertainment network please go back and watch that episode it was a lot of fun tribal chief in the house what's good house what's good we miss you too poppy we miss you too for sure thank you guys all for tuning in really really appreciate it man Definitely miss you, Poppy, as well. Justin says, Jericho versus Strong in the women's tag match. Bang, slapped, and fucked, and anarchy in the arena. Good God fucking pump. Grab the IV and pump all this shit into my veins immediately. Hell yeah. Tim the Banger and Dirt Sheet Dan. Hell of a tag team. Man. Hell yeah. Appreciate it, Tribal Chief. Appreciate it. And yeah, and Justin, Orange Cassidy is the best champion in AEW. Yeah, it's hands down. Every single week, week in and week out. 
And like it even gets me to the point, like I said last week, yeah. I was rooting for Bandito kind of to win the match. I was kind of rooting for Danny to win the match. Not because I want Orange to lose, but just because it would be different. Because Orange just didn't done it, and he just did it so well. But I'd like to see someone like Bandito or Danny get the belt and you know mix it up for sure. Mm-hmm. I know he, you don't. He, now he's just he's just killing it. It's just on another level. He's outperforming his own group. It's to the point where he has to come out by himself. He doesn't need that group anymore. It's it's crazy to say. And he's defending the belt on other promotions. He's going to New Japan and defend defend the belt when he that didn't have to. That was cool that he he filled in for an injured guy. Comes in there and does it because Eddie Kingston, of course, we know had the injury with his groin and he just had surgery so he should be back in a week or two after double or nothing but he he does it all like he'll go anywhere and defend it i i want to see him go to red pro i want to see him pop up in new japan and defend it i think that would be cool that'd be a crazy see him defending against one of those guys Hell yeah. No, it would be for sure. Yo, what up, Nick? I'm just putting you over. Had a blast on your show earlier today, man. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it, my dude. Yeah, man. Orange Cassidy, the international title battle royal. Dan, give me a couple names you want to see in this match. Of course, you got to have, they talked about it, Kyle Fletcher. I want to see Roderick Strong. I want to see, I want to see some surprises. I want to see, hey, yeah. Around that time, they should be done. Uh, I think that's actually no, never mind. That would be the finals of the of the best of the Super Juniors. I want to see guys that just pop up. Maybe a couple guys like Ace Austin or Chris Bay. You get some guys from other promotions. You, cool. you get them in there. Some of the people on Ring of Honor, maybe uh, put them in there. Those guys that they can be using, and that's what, why this uh, match design is so great. You can use the roster. You can find usage for these guys. It makes him look good. And just like uh, Ivan said, War Osprey, put him there. Have like a flash from the past with their banger match at Forbidden Door. And he doesn't even, with it being a battle royal, he doesn't even have to lose momentum by losing. Yeah. No, Will Osprey would be awesome. I'd love to see Hobbs and Miro and, and these guys, yeah. Pack come back. Like, where the fuck has Pack been? Like, imagine if it comes down to Orange versus Pack is the final two, and they rekindle that rivalry, and, like, you go from there. Yeah, Will Ospreay would be dope as hell, no doubt. No doubt, for sure. All right, well, I'm going to swing it. Uh, let's fucking uh, – you know what? No, I'm going to stick to the show, and then we'll go to the topic. So we're going to go Hangman Returns, BCC versus the Elite, and Anarchy in the Arena. Listen – we got the huge announcement. We can talk about CM Punk. There's plenty of other things we can talk about. But this is big. This is huge. We've been waiting for it. When the four pillars thing started, I said that could be fine on the show or even the main event if you did the BCC versus the Elite. And at the time, I said I thought it would be a three-on-three, and then maybe you do Brian versus Kenny separate or something like that. No involvement. And Bakley, I'm fairly certain. I'm like 98.2% sure it was you who said, why can't you just mix them all together? And I was like, I just, how do you turn Brian? It just doesn't make sense. Well, I didn't fucking anticipate this. My God. And then how you bring it all together with nasty, disgusting heel Brian. 
turning his group and making them just vicious and heinous. And then you bring fucking the beautiful poetic story of Hangman and Kenny back together with the Bucks, and they just rekindle that. Yo, it's with the turn of Don Callis and Takeshita just kind of looming over. So for me, damn, props to you from like three months ago saying that we could do this. Props to them for getting us here. Anarchy in the arena. These guys are going to fucking fight, bleed, jump off of shit. I can't fucking wait. It, it, you know, we'll do a prediction show for sure. The elite yeah. will probably probably have to win the match. Well, let's catch again gets involved again. This is not a prediction about it. I'm fucking excited about it. What a great way to culminate this story and push it to a four-on-four match of the pay-per-view. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. It's all about breaking in the layers of this uh, storyline from months on months. And I think one of the biggest things was it allows you to take away Brian Dinerson from the war title picture and it gives him this is why he's doing this because he's so just distraught over losing that match to MJF that he's done this. Uh, They're already making that turn to heel. So maybe that was the, just the uh, one thing that turned him over from being a babyface to heel was just losing that match, coming back, just being pissed off, and then having to deal with the lead. And then, of course, introducing the screwdriver in each and every week. It allowed them to get uh, Hangman out of the picture. For a few weeks, you saw like the deception where you saw like, Kenny Omega not caring. If you watch Beat Elite, they kind of like teased it a little bit with uh, the Dark Order, kind of like, oh, we're going to show him the video of uh, of a uh, Four Gear 2001 after the match, and then like the Young Bucks would throw a, a phone away to keep the evidence away. Just these small <laughs> things that were, that they were doing, and then of course uh, last week. You see Hangman come back with a patch on against Big Bill. I thought that was perfect. Selling the eye injury with the screwdriver. Selling that. And, you know, eventually he was going to come back. It was always a numbers game. And I'm like, the one guy that started this to begin with was Don Kaus. He's the one who split them up. So it was like this long game, it feels like, with Don Kaus, where he knew at some point he had to leave Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega had to be back with the elite. The elite had to reform, and now it's the way to do it. It was for him to turn on him. I thought it was going to be different. I didn't thought, thought it was going to be like it was. I thought he was going to turn to Keshka. He was going to go with the, uh, of course, uh, BCC because you got the, when you bleed with them, you join them, kind of like with Weir Yuta. And eventually I think that's going to happen. Because if uh, it depends on Kota Bushi and if he signs there, if it goes back, if he signs with them, that's the way to usher in the Kota Bushi is the turn of Takeshka, and then you need to even the odds, and then boom, that could happen next week. That could happen wow. at the pay per view where Takeshka could wind up helping BCC out. But it was a way to put uh, Omega back together with Hangman. That was always the missing piece in this formula was their relationship. Now they now they got common ground. The elite is back after two, three years, and it's perfect. You got two of the biggest st- stables in AEW, and they're going to go at it in Anarchy in the arena. The last one was crazy, and these guys are more uh, athletes uh, than the, the, the two stables before. So now we can up the ante, and it's going to be crazy. And, and we're going to love everything about it. I'm going to. I'm looking forward to see what they do and how they top that one. 
and it's a way to get others onto the card. So when you put all of these guys, all of this top flight talent into one match, that allows you to have an 11 match show and get everyone on the show where you better be putting Keith Lieber swerve on this motherfucking show. Not on the pre-show, on the fucking show. You know what I mean? Yeah, they probably still would do. Uh, they're going to do what people want them to do. And we were ones to say, hey, why are you putting 15 matches on a card, this and that? So they're probably going to have two or three matches that wind up on the pre-show, and then they'll do like a seven or eight match uh, main card, which we'd rather have 11, but it's probably what they're going to do. I'm fine with it either way, as long as they have the matches and they keep the storylines going. Because we've always talked about don't put so many matches. You don't need it. Uh, at least use the pre-show, which zero out. If they do that, I'm fine with it. As long as it's not 15 matches, six hours long. Right. It should be just like uh, Revolution was, four hours. And I think you can do 11 matches in four hours if you do it right. Because you don't have an yeah. Iron Man match. They did, like, what? How many was it? Eight? Eight matches in they four did, hours. They did eight matches, and then they had one with an Iron Man show. Yeah. So I think you could do eleven within four hours. Because if you look at it, I mean, I see eleven. You could tell me if I'm wrong. You got the 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 Pillars Fatal Four Way Title Match. You got yeah. Jamie and Tony for the AEW Women's Title Match. You have Wardlow versus Christian for the TNT Title Match and a ladder match. OC versus the World International Title Battle Royal Match. You're going to have the House of Black versus the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass for the Trios title. You're going to have FTR versus Jay Lethal with Jay Lethal and Double J with Mark Briscoe, a special guest referee for the tag titles. You're going to have Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole. You're going to have Jade Cargill versus Ty Valkyrie for the TBS championship. You're going to have Ricky Starks versus Jay White. You're going to have this anarchy in the arena. And then what? Do you really just not put Keith Lee and Swerve on this after all this build? You got, and it's eight minutes. Just put it on, let Keith Lee whoop his ass, and you move on. You know, like so. I think that's. I think it's eleven. Is that? Does that seem right? Yeah, just about. If it's not eleven, it's definitely ten. Without Keith Lee and Swerve, they fucking fuck yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I hope not. They that match deserves. There was a, there was a part of the main event when I was at the Milwaukee show. It deserves a fucking exactly. pay per view match. Exactly, and, and they need to do something with it. I know they kind of formerly like the mogul affiliates, and now it's combined with like I like how they're using Gage now, Brian Gage, and of course the, his tag team within him. It gives them time on the show, and then they're still using Ring of Honor as a platform uh, as well. So they they kind of doing double doing now. They went from us being pissed that he wasn't on the show to now he's being double booked now which is great fine i love it but they need to get him on more i kind of feel like with though uh with him with swerve he's kind of missing something uh, i don't know what it is maybe it's the fact that he's not in, in with his former group in wwe now and i thought that was a, like that fit well because they're missing him and i still feel like he's kind of missing them as well but i we, feel like swerve, i feel like swerve like a month ago could have been the TNT champion. And I feel like it's because they're waiting so long on this fucking, yes. why? 
why isn't this over already? They could have just ended this months ago. It, it, it's been so it dragged been, on. It should have been. It should have been ended like the the, the Jack Perry and Christian thing. Yes. and then yes. at least they ended that, and they had a good way of ending it, and then yes. it hasn't come back. They could they should have the same way. You got yeah. not you, now. You got Keith Lee teaming with Dustin Rhodes in the limitless fucking nightmares. I I hate it. I hate everything about it. In in what? So Keith Lee beats Swerve, and I, I'm good, more than fine with it. I want Keith Lee to get the win and move on. But then what does that do with Swerve? Like I just said, Swerve was ready to go take on Wardlow for that TNT title. It, instead, he's gonna get jobbed out, which I'm ready for. I yeah. I want it. I want Keith Lee to get a big win. But what does that do for Swerve at the end of the day? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now. I feel like he should be on a Ring of Honor. I'm, I'm gonna yes. say it. <laughs> Swerve should be the Ring of Honor World Champion. Yeah. Swerve or Roosh, those are guys in Eddie Kingston. Those are guys you build Ring of Honor around. Eddie, Swerve, Roosh, those are your core bandito. These are guys you build the World Championship picture around in Ring of Honor, right? Yeah. yeah no, no, I agree. Maybe you start out with maybe you start out with him as like the TV champion because, of course, I think Samoa is going to come back on to. Uh, to AEW once Collision starts, it gives him a weekly show. Then he can take the belt off him. Have Swerve beat him for it. Have somebody beat him for the title, and then have Swerve take it from him. And then he could be a heel TV champion and go with it. And he can defend it each and every week on for Ring of Honor. And then just keep him there. As shitty as that yeah. sounds, just as I've said a hundred times. I want Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor. I want A-Dub, A-Dub. And that's why you take guys. You got Eddie Kingston. You got a Swerve. You got a Roosh. You got a Bandito. You got the varsity athletes. You got studs like this to put on that show. And then you we can't complain that they don't get time. Hey, if you want to see them get TV time, go turn into ROH. That's when they're getting there. Hey, your boy Swerve. Is the TV a TNT champion or a TV champion? Your boy Roosh is the world champion. You can fucking reverse that. You can do yeah. so many things. Bakley, we have veered off, which I assume we would, and that is okay. Yeah. Next topic. What do you want to talk about? I definitely want to talk about, of course, uh, Warlow and Christian. I, I'm okay. going to just reiterate what you just said. I think it's perfect that they're doing a ladder match. It allows them to allow the interference to be legal. Because you knew it's going to happen. You know Luchasaurus is going to get involved. And then you know, of course, Arn Anderson is going to get involved to help out him. It makes it make sense. It yes. makes the storyline work to where you have the interference. You, you can have Warlow win the match still. Hell, you can even have Christian win the belt, for all we know. And oh, make it make it happen for a reason. Luchasaurus helps him win. It's always uh, working with the ladder match. The ladder match is always the equalizer in allowing no DQ, no rules, because you have to climb the ladder to get the belt. That's the only way to win. So, hey, I, hey I'm all for it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Why is Christian getting in this? Why is he going? To me, it works. It give, because of, it brings back to the days of him having, and you even said it last week, Tyson Tomko. Luchasaurus is his type in Tomko. Eventually, he's going to break away from him and be his own guy. And he, right now, he looks like a, a badass in his new gear. I do know that he was off TV for a while with the whole mask 
defamation that they had a lawsuit AEW did against the guys that were making his mask, and that was part of the reason why I was out. So that got cleared up. I think AEW lost it, but he's he's using a new guy now to make his masks. So now he's back. He's going to be back on a regular schedule now. He doesn't have to deal with that anymore. So now you can start that whole thing of kind of breaking them apart soon because I always thought that it was always used for Christian's sake. And I want to see Luchasaurus Mm -hmm. step out. This is going to be the starting process of it. Kind of like MJF with Warlow. We wanted to see Warlow break out. We're going to see it eventually happen, but we got to let the storyline play. So maybe you do that by having Warlow win this match and Christian blame Luchasaurus for it. And then they can go into a program against each other. And that's how you wind up eventually, even at uh, all out, uh, all in or all out, whichever one, you can eventually have it to where Luchasaurus breaks off from Christian and then Christian could go off TV like we all want. Which you do all want. And damn, I really like that booking for sure. Luchasaurus, that's another guy. So, fuck it. Let's just, I, I guess bring it over to a topic. We, I can't believe we even brought it up yet. Let's just bring it up. It's it's Collision. And let me ask you, with Collision, do you want to see a stern, hard brand split? Like someone like Luchasaurus could benefit from a brand split. So if Collision is just Collision, then you know you're going to see Luchasaurus on Saturday nights. Swerve, he's on Dynamite. Keith Lee, Collision. Miro, Dynamite. You know what I'm saying? So you know when I'm going to Wednesday night, I'm going to see Big Miro chop it up with, with Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, so I guess before like we really deep dive into this, let me just bring, let me swing this over to you, bro. Um, we all knew this was coming. We all knew this was, <laughs> well, we thought this yeah. was going to be some semblance of the announcement. Cannot believe we have an announcement for the announcement for the announcement. So talk to me about the announcement for the announcement for the announcement collision. And do you want to see like stern, hard brand split? Yes, I do. And I want to see him uh, do what WWE should have done. And WWE is kind of making a mess of it on their end. Uh, I already said the whole Paul Heyman with the visitor mask uh, sticker on going to Raw was just stupid. It made no sense at all. I think they're going to do it, but I think the way that they're going to do it in their own spin is the only people that are going to be able to go on both shows are the champions. They're allowed the champions to do that. Everybody else, they're stuck on one show. Like, you got these people on Dynamite, these people on, on, of course, Collision, and only the champions can jump from show to show. Say they want to defend the belt. Say they're there for a reason, for a storyline. It gives them that reason to do it. Unless you want to have belts on both shows and like you do TNT on one show and international title on another, it'll work for that. But then you still have to have the women's title on one show. Well, actually, you could have the women's title on one and the TBS on another, and you kind of just bump up that TBS title and it kind of helps out Jay Cargill and bump up her rep by making it more like a brand war title. But then it's right. still, you still have the, just the one war title. So you kind of have to add it to where all the champions can float between shows. Cause then you get into the mess that WWE made 
where you have too many titles because you have two sets mm -hmm. on each and then you try to combine it and then you want to split it back up again. So just be simple. Everybody on one show here, everybody the other half on here, and then just have the champions float. That's it. So right now they have seven champions. All right. So you have, I think we just went over it with the, the double or nothing card. So obviously you got your world, you got your TNT, you got your international, you got your tag, you got your trios, you got your women's and you got your TBS. So you would just allow those seven titles to kind of go back and forth. And then you'd have a set roster. Yeah. So no two world, no two world champions. No, I believe there's, I believe with the roster, they have over 120 wrestlers. I think there's right. like 90 men and 45 women. So you could have a situation where you take away the champions. Let's just say 80 men and then like 40 women. So, you, so you'd put those up, taking away the, the champion. So you'd have 40 men, 40 women. I'm 40 men here, 40 men here, and then 20 and 20 here. So you have a split roster there. And that's without the champions. So you can kind of diversify it there to where it'd be equal down the middle. And then you have champs flowing on each side. So there's always new matchups that you can make. And then say a champion loses to somebody on collision because they lost on collision. They have to go to collision now. And the person that wins the belt, now they can float between both shows. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong or it's a bad no. idea. I'm just saying it's uh, it's it's it, it's one of those things. It's it's tough what you do with titles. It's like it's almost one of those things. Like you should just have like WWE if they just did brand separation. Yes, world champion, world champion, women's champion, women's champion, tag champion, tag champion, mid card, mid card. Leave it at that. But then you're like, okay, but the women should also have a tag team championship, which I I agree with. Or I think the women should have a mid-card champion. So it it it, it really is. It, it's hard. I do think that we should see some semblance of brand split. Because yeah. I want to know, right? Like Saturday night, I want to know I'm going into Saturday night. Know what I'm seeing? FTR. Know what I'm seeing is, is Ivan said here. Know what I'm seeing? Thunder Rosa. Know what I'm seeing? Andrade. Know what I'm seeing? Miro. Know what I'm seeing? House of Black. And then I'm going to know on Dynamite. I'm going to go see the BCC. I'm going to go see the Elite. Now, I get you don't want to handcuff yourself to, like, you know, if your roster's sick or if someone gets stuck out of town, you want to be able to kind of flip-flop. But it's – it as a fan, and you'll, you can speak on it, you yeah. want to know what you're going to get on that show. You want to be surprised, but you want to know who you're going to see on that show. Now, I guess you go back to, like, the old SmackDown and Raw days. They didn't really have too much brand separation at the beginning, and it was fun. But no one's booking like Vince Russo booked those days. You know what I mean? So, no. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. It's, uh, it, it's, it, it's, tough. It's, always it's always tough to get what we want, where you have it perfectly, where it's everything is just done right. But it's like... You do it my way, then it's kind of a little bit unpredictable. But then you do it that way, but then you're going to have the people that complain that, oh, now we have too many champions on top of the too many that we already have because you're trying right. to do this. But then at least I would say if you do do it how you want to do it, just do another war title, put that on collision, and then you can split, like we said, the international on one, TNT yep. on another. 
and then you have to you would have to split the women's uh, title yep. and then the TBS title. That would be and the only way it would. Videos. That would be the only way it would work. But then you'd be taking away the mid card champion, even Which though is they fine. Because you have you could create a world on collision. You have MJF stand dynamite, and then you have the tag on one, the trios on the other, the international on one, the TNT on the other, and then the women's on one. And then Jade basically is like made that belt a women's champ. Well, she's horrible, but like she's treated as if she's a women's champ anyway with the belt. So that would be cool too. I'd I'd be with that. We're getting we're getting collision. We're getting we're getting wrestlers coming back. Thunder Rust is coming back. Miro's coming back. Andrade's coming back. The poster had them, which was crazy. House of Black. It had FTR on there. It had Orange Cassidy. It had MJF. Super fucking dope. But let me ask you this now. Didn't have this man on there, okay? CM Punk. And then I went out on a whim, a big whim, and I said, I guarantee Tony Khan's announcement tonight is that CM Punk is coming back. It'll be for the June 17th debut of Collision. It'll be in Chicago. It'll be at the United Center. Again, Tony Khan's announcement was that he'll announce where the first show is going to be next week. Mind blown. Fucking that little jizz-ass motherfucker Brian Alvarez then goes out and says, because CM Punk was pulled off the poster and he was pulled off the Warner Brother documents and shit. Okay. To me, that means that they just want to try to have some sort of surprise element to their product, okay? But to these fucking idiot journalists, it means that CM Punk has issues with AEW and oh. It's again over Ace Steel. Now, could I see Punk at the last second saying, I need Ace Steel or Bust? Sure. Nothing is out of left field with that man. But at the end of the day, this was all built around him. All right? The reason he was pulled off the promotional posters, the reason it wasn't announced tonight, is because they're trying to have it be a surprise. So for the IWC to say, He's not coming. He has issues with Warner Brothers. He has issues because Ace Steel can't come. Is insane. And CM Punk took to Instagram and made all these posts about fuck Brian Alvarez and fuck the dirt sheets. You guys know nothing. The fact that I was gone for that long and all you did was talk about me. The fact that I've been gone for nine months and all you do is talk about me. I'm the real king, motherfuckers. He's coming back. He's coming back. It'll be announced next week, and I will be there. What are your thoughts on it? I think there's truth to both uh, stories uh, with him. I think it's a little bit of a mixture of everything. I do think that, yes, they pulled him from it, but I think they, just like you said, they want to be surprised because they want Collision to be announced and not be, oh, Punk's coming back. Oh, hey, Collision's here. He wants the, the brand to be announced, and then Usher and his name being one of the names for it. But then I do feel like at the same time, maybe AEW doesn't want a steal there because of all the problems that were caused when he showed up. Because CM Punk was good for a while, then he brought a steal in, and then it seemed like all the problems started with him. So I feel like that maybe might have mixed into some of this stuff. But I think it's something not that big of a deal. I think the dirt sheets, not me, because I'm a true uh, defined dirt sheet. I, I'm the man of the people. <laughs> but uh, Dirty Dan. I, 
you you know it. Check it out every every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Bloodline Entertainment TikTok. But uh, I think with him, it's just the fact that maybe he's a little mad, but they want to brush it under the rug and be like, come to an agreement with it, like be like, hey, we want you back. Don't listen to them, but we can't have him around if he's just going to be the problem that he was before. That's our only caution is that that caused the big thing. We're trying to mend the fences. You're going to collision. You're the big face there. Maybe down the line, maybe we can have him back. But right now, we just want you. And I think it's something that they'll both work on. And I think maybe that's his sentiment where he's like, he's just fed up of the dirt sheets talking about him. But at the same time, he wants to be the one that talks to AEW. He wants to be the face that lets his story out. Yeah, no, and it's been nonstop. It's nonstop. It's been nine months. It's been seven years, nine months of nonstop. Bagley, Ivan says, if the titles are brought exclusively to the show, then it's a brand split. Look, at the end of the day, Tony Khan is trying to please his talents, but for me, they should not introduce new titles. I, Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. We already have seven titles, not including Ring of Honor. So that's... Plenty of AEW and, 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 I, and I love the fact that they're keeping Ring of Honor its own entity, and they're going to keep it on Honor Club. It's It's been very popular lately. I love the fact that it has its own pay-per-views, three or four, what it, is, what it is right now. I love that fact. We got even more space for all these wrestlers to work on, and it's, it's with AEW, but separate. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought it. It hinders AEW. I still kind of think it hinders AEW, but that's a topic for a whole nother day. <laughs> Devin says, should the international title be the brand title for Collision? Now, that would be really dope. Orange Cassidy would be a hell of a top guy. I mean, it obviously doesn't have to stay on him. But yeah, the international title is like the world title of you. Like, it's bigger mind, than the world. Well, I, wouldn't mind seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing Orange Cassidy versus CM Punk. Oh man, and Punk is a heel, just like dogging him down, just talking yes. down to him about being a, you know, what he is. Oh man, I mean, I love Orange that, Cassidy, but, you know. If, if you never thought you could get Orange Cassidy any more over than you have done in the past two months or three months, have him drop the belt to CM Punk, have CM Punk be a heel, and build Orange Cassidy up to beat him months down the line to win that back, mm-hmm. and then that's that big name. And it would be prestige because you would have made it a war title for just collision. I kind of like that. I I, I kind of like that suggestion. The international title and the way Orange Cassidy has built it. Again, yes. I, I don't mean to put myself over, but go and look at the power rankings. I even said, if you watch the video, I said it's a shame that I can't put Orange Cassidy number one because Max has actually been wrestling and been on TV weekly. So for that, I cannot put Orange above him. But yeah. my God, that man is that dude for that company. Orange Cassidy. There's a reason Will Ospreay wanted to wrestle him, and that match was the match of the night at Forbidden Door. My God. But for me, again, I'll screw him from the rooftops. <laughs> he's coming back. Anyone who thinks he's not is a fucking idiot. He will be back. The announcement for the announcement for the announcement will be Collision Chicago United Center. June 17th, your boy will be there. Can and it, not and, wait. And that's the nine-month mark of his injury, which they said he would be back. So it's perfect timing. You didn't rush him back. You were able to kind of decompress everything. 
uh, with the, the roster. Everything doesn't have to be hunky-dory. We're okay. But with what I heard from with uh, everything with Jericho kind of be the middleman, everything seems like it's okay. Like we'll, we'll forget, but we won't forgive type thing. But, you know, I think that's what nobody liked be. each other in wrestling no. locker rooms back in the day. No. People, Twitter, the internet, it ruined wrestling. I, I swear to God. And it, it's sports in general. Everyone wants to be like, this guy is a piece of shit. John Morant's waving a gun in the air. He's a scumbag. Like, yo. Do you understand when Michael Jordan, like if he had fuck, if Twitter was around when Michael Jordan was fucking the star that he was, like, oh man, Charles Barkley, all these other dudes, like, stop it. Social media changed perceptions of everything. Wrestling locker rooms are a place where people have heat with each other. That's all it is. And if those idiots can't get over it, then that's on him, them. But what does CM Punk bring? Dollars and sense. Bakley, what else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about this match? Roderick Strong and Chris Jericho? Yeah, I, got, I was wondering how they were going to do this match because I was like, they just brought back Roderick Strong. How are they going to keep him looking last name strong against mm-hmm. Chris Jericho because we know Chris Jericho was going to work a program with Adam Cole. It was inevitable after what we see the last couple weeks at uh, Double or Nothing. But man, just the where they were going, like you said, they were in the ring they were going everywhere. We come back from commercial break, and they're in the crowd going up. I like the fact that he did the knee to the face, and then he threw Jericho onto the guardrail uh, in between uh, rows. They go to the outside. He uses the concession stand. You even mentioned it. I thought it was very random when they go into the stairwell and they go on the ledge. And I started getting PTSD of the time. I believe it was Randy Orton threw Mick Foley down the steps. Yeah. I was getting because the the steps look barely familiar to those ones. I'm like, oh, please don't tell me he's gonna do something like that. <laughs> but they did. They just did the chops on the on the ledge and then went back out. As soon as I saw them go outside, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what they're doing because they said that he can't go in their arena. Mm-hmm. So now they're outside the arena. I'm like, where's he at? I was waiting for him to pop out afterwards. I knew exactly once they were going outside, that's what they were gonna do. And yep. He came out because technically he's not breaking the rules because he was outside. And I was wondering, I was like, where is the Jericho Appreciation Society? Are Uh, they going to pop up? But they didn't. So it was uh, Roderick Strong and Adam Cole one up in Jericho on this one. He attacked him. Roderick Strong hits the the knee and gets the pin here. And then Adam Cole stands there and mocks him. This is going to set up a match between the two of them. They probably will have a face-to-face next week uh, with each other if they don't break off this uh, thing that they have with both sides where they can't appear in the building, which I think they're just going to throw. I think it was just for this week. But I liked it. I liked this match. They made Roger Strong look good. They still make Chris Jericho look good as well because they got to keep him good, good. He only lost because Adam Cole interfered in the match. So it keeps him fine even though he took the pin. Roger Strong... Keeps his uh, his momentum going, and Adam Cole it gets the match where he's going to keep the move up because I think he's going to be the guy that defeats MJF down the line for the title. Yeah, dude, that makes a hundred and ten percent sense that Adam Cole will be the guy. Adam Cole will be Chris Jericho. Roddy getting the win, I popped hard as fuck. I knew the match was going to go outside, but I still like 
it didn't correlate to me that Roddy was going to get the win. Look back, Kyle O'Reilly, he beat Jungle Boy. He beat Darby Allen. He got to the finals against Mox in the world title tournament. Roderick Strong comes in, looks strong, at, no pun intended, looks strong as fuck. He gets the win in the eight-man tag two weeks ago. He gets the win now over Chris Jericho. Dude, if they could ever come together, it'll be fucking awesome. Yes. They will be together when Adam Cole celebrates his world title win over MJF at full gear. And, um, yeah, that'll be dope because I'm with you. That's where that's going to go down. I think it'll be full gear this year where Adam Cole wins the belt and celebrates with Roddy and Kyle and Britt. And I know everybody's talked to like, uh, Kenny Omega's not the guy right now. Uh, who's the guy that can top MJF? Adam Cole's getting all the glory. He's getting all the fans behind him. It's babyface Adam Cole. Yeah. This is, hasn't happened in years, probably almost ever. We finally seen babyface Adam Cole for like three months, and then he turned here again. This is the perfect way because everybody's behind him. He's a great worker. He was a beast in NXT, and you can finally get that run out of him that you expected when he first signed after the injury. I think just the stars are aligning for him. You're gaining a guy who just is like the perfect opposite of MJF because he's great on the mic, just like MJF, but then he can work like a beast in the ring. And that's what you need. I can't wait to see him and MJF go back and forth on on promos. Dude, it's going to be so good, especially because it's going to be right around MJF's time to leave the company. And I always thought War Daddy... I always thought War Daddy would be the guy because he squashed him. It would just be that progression. Max would have some matches, including an Adam Cole match, and Wardlow would be the guy. Wardlow's cooled down insurmountably. It's Adam Cole. If they don't fuck it up, he is the guy at full gear who should dethrone MJF, and then that's where we're going back. I'm going to go back to your old, your old stomping grounds, the fucking bidding war of 2024. I don't give Fuck this belt or, you know, whatever. And Adam Cole does go ahead and he beats him. And then Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, Adam Cole and Darby, Adam Cole and Jack, Adam Cole and Mox and Brian. If we ever get a punk match, dude, the fucking feuds are through the roof. What we can get. Swerve, man. The potential. Mm, mm, mm. And I know I know everybody dogs on him, Chris Jericho, but I'm like, I love the fact that Chris Jericho is on the roster. He can still go. I think he's doing the perfect thing. He is the guy that is there because he's the namesake, Chris Jericho, yeah. and he's putting guys over. It's not like he's winning these matches. He's putting guys over. How many times have we seen him in the last two years get into these programs and lose the match? Almost right. every single time because he's trying to put these talents over because if they well, can beat him, that, that means something. It's the title of Jericho. That's what I always call it. You have seven belts, and then you have the belt of Jericho. I thought Wardlow was going to go into the feud, the belt of Jericho, because, you know, Hobbs was done with him. Ah, he's the TNT. Wardlow and Christian. I did not. In a million years, never, never would have fucking. It's like one of those things, like, when you're on Twitter, and it's like, hit the thing twice, and that's your fucking random match. Wardlow, Christian, that's your TNT championship match. I got one more thing I want to talk about with you. Or maybe a couple, I don't know. But this one in particular, Jay White versus Ricky Stocks, baby. Your boy, your boy, Jay White versus Ricky Stocks. 
we all said, like, why is this going on in Dynamite? Are we going to get a rare DQ finish and we're going to go to the pay-per-view? We got a rare DQ finish. We're going to the pay-per-view. I enjoyed it mightily again. I said it when I was doing the rundown. The match was awesome. The rope spot. Ricky was just giving a clinic on how to run ropes on fucking live TV, dude. And then he finally popped a spear. I was like, oh, my God. And then I love the DQ ending. So I love the uh, Jay Wade doing the Uranagi. We've talked about this. He has one of the best Uranagis in the business to the outside. He did it to the outside. I was like, holy shit. Then that hurt. But man, man, like I was wondering how they were going to play this out. I think they kind of played it out perfectly because then you can run it back. You didn't have to have Jay Wade lose, but you made Ricky Starks look big in this match. And we're going to get to that because. He's a little busy right now in New Japan with uh, David Bindley. That's where he's at, I think, and turning baby face with Huntai. But uh, they're making Jay White not lose. He, he keeps the momentum, but he gets the win by DQ uh, because of juice. And at the same time, Ricky is hot as ever right now because he almost Finally. beat Jay White, and it took a DQ for him to – not win the match and you can run it back and that's where you have to have Jay White win the match mm-hmm. because I feel like this was the way to make it mean something going into the pay-per-view Ricky Starks is flying eye Jay White is a guy you need to keep him on the winning streak Ricky Starks can lose this match you, you can have uh, two on one again to where that's how Jay White wins and you keep both guys going but I think Jay White has to be the guy to come out of this program with the win, especially with Forbidden Door, where you got that potential where you can have Jay White go for revenge with against David Finley. And you could possibly have, if they can work it out somehow, where you have the, the Bullet Club gold against the Bullet Club. That's where Al Fantasma is going to play in because he's getting that uh, never open weight title match against Finley at Dominion in the beginning of June. Somehow mm-hmm. you can have him lose it, whether you can have him pair sides with Jay White, even though I saw a thing on Revolver where they're running a pro, uh, they're running a show, and the picture for the show was Finley with his title with Chris Bay and Ace Austin right behind him with their impact tag titles. So it makes me wonder what Rick was going to go into that. Are they going to side with Finley or are they going to side with Board Club Gold? And there's a lot. I hope they side with Finley solely because the fucking. Bullet Club Japan's rubbish, dude. Yes. De Niro! What's good, my brother? What's good? But, yo, but, I hope... But, I, I, but, still, I get Jay White needs some backup because it's literally just him and fucking Juice. But, like, yo, they're so trash, that Bullet Club, bro. But there's going to be a name. He's a free agent right now. You don't even know he's a free agent. And I think he's going to come in and make the mark. And it's going to come out of nowhere, but let's just say Gun's done. That's what you're going to see. And you're going to see him come back with Jay White. Mm. I know we, I know they've that, had their differences. You've but- that. And that's, that's, that's interesting because he literally took him out of the thing that he started. Like, he kicked yeah, him out I, of the group that he started. He kicked him out of the group, but then the last we saw of him, he got stretchered out basically of his match against Finley. 
and they rumors have been around that he's a free agent right now. So what about Hikaleo then? That's a good question. It's a very good question. He's the champion right now. Left the Bullet Club to team with his brother. Yeah. So if his brother rejoined the Bullet Club after Hikaleo beat Bullet Club member Kenta for the strong championship, then. These AEW fans right now are like, what the fuck are you guys talking? Yeah, Yo, we're just, giving you a little forbidden door lesson in yeah. case the Bullet Club on Bullet Club goes down. But, yo, what Ivan said right here, I can fuck with this, dude. If you have Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page with Ricky Starks, I definitely would enjoy that. Yeah. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are two of the most underused talents, period. Ethan Page. Period. Where but, is Scorpio Sky? Where is he at? Oh, let me give me so many years. It's the same thing as where's Miro? Because bigly, don't you know? If you win the TNT championship and you have a good run with it, you gotta just go and disappear on the island. You won the belt, okay? After you win the belt, guess what you do? Go to the island. Go the fuck to the island. Miro to the island. Scorpio Sky yes. to the island. Cody Rhodes. He just went to the island of the WWE where he got blessed, all right, but he got shipped off. Luckily, you know, we're starting, hopefully, to get something. I don't hate that word, little Christian thing, as weird as that sounds. I hated it last week. I don't hate it with a ladder involved. Weird. Small twist. But, hey, all it takes is a little twist of that pencil, you know. Um Let's see. I think we got the Outcast versus the Originals we could talk about. And the Four Pillars, I guess. Um, I think we kind of hit on uh, that a four, little bit. I do like the fact that they're kind of making Sammy Guevara more like pure. In, like, I like the motion where he went to me. It was like, I'm tired of being a follower. I'm going to do stuff for me now. It's going to be all about me. That's the perfect thing. He doesn't need to be behind anybody. I loved it when he was by himself. When he was like, Fuck, fuck this group, fuck that group. I'm going on my own. He won the TNT title. Everybody loved him because he was putting on banger match after banger match. Hit the ladder match. Yes. I, I miss the cards. I miss the, the, the promos with him with the cards. He's got to bring that back. I don't even care if it says a face or a here. I don't even care. Bring back the Sammy Guevara that we wanted. And I think this is going in the right direction for now because you're kind of pushing the notion you got these three guys with the same goal. You got to defeat Sammy. I mean, not Sammy. You got to defeat MJF. But I think MJF is going to win somehow. You're not going to have them because they're going to want to take the pin and they're going to stop each other. It's going to create friction during the match as it should. And that's how MJF wins. But it's going to all do the same thing. It's going to make MJF have to defy the odds to win the belt, uh, to keep the belt, I mean. Bro, I love every bit of this. The four pillars story from the start till right now. In it every week, it's like, how do they continue this and make it interesting? Yeah. Tonight was fantastic. You literally did a small character switch of Jack and Sammy in it, like Darby's in the middle, kind of like, what's going on? And you team Darby with another pillar in Orange Cassidy. Everything that they did with these men tonight was impeccable. Sammy's character development tonight was great. Jack cheating, pulling the trunks to beat Roosh again. I said it in the rundown, but that was 
awesome. That's something that MJF said. Hey, bro, you're a bitch. Stop being a bitch. Be more like me. What, like you said, what did Jack do? He was a little bit more like him. Sammy, I don't want to be so much like you, Max. I'm going to fucking just win. And, oh, man. And, and it, what will happen is what you said. During the match, so I'll take turns. MJF will walk out. MJF and Hangman will have to have a match before that. That's the that's the all out match. It'll be yeah. MJF versus Hangman for the world title because the most organic face ever versus the more, most organic heel ever has to happen for that belt before MJF loses it to Adam Cole. So Max wins. So the Elite probably win too. And Hangman goes on to fight Max at All Out. Not All In. Yeah. At All Out. Yeah. I, I could do that. And and then you could save All In for something else to fit it. Like, I know there's been talks that at least Will Ospreay is going to be on that card. So if he is, you can make make it purely to boost uh, the the UK uh, wrestlers, Jamie Hayter. She needs to be on all in it, it and just like Jamie I said, and Soraya one on one is a yes. must. That's and just like and just must. like I said months ago, you split it up to where you, that's how you deal with that 15 match card that you had last year. Eight on this card, eight on this card next week, and you spread it up perfectly to where you showcase the UK stars on all in in London and then the American stars in in Chicago or wherever it's gonna be. A week later, for all in, that's how you fix that problem, and do it right. Yeah, dude, I dig it. Again, I love everything these guys are doing. I cannot wait till we get to that time. But double or nothing's hot, bro. Hot. What um, what in particular are you looking forward to most? I guess at that show. Of course, uh, the battle, the battle royal is going to be oh, one that I'm intrigued. I just want to see who they have in it. It's not the fact that, that it, it itself. It's just going to see the special wrestlers in there. Do we get anybody debuting in that battle royal? Like I know we've kind of missed that the past year, where we kind of got kind of like stuck in the fact that every pay per view we were getting a, a new debut, and we haven't had it in a while. And this is kind of a perfect way to bring somebody new in is a battle war where they don't have to win, but boom, he can showcase somebody new here. I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the tight uh, title match, of course. I'm looking forward to that because I do think there's a lot that can happen with it. I think we're going to eventually see the dissolution of Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. That's why Karen Ooh, Jarrett. So you don't think Mark Briscoe turns heel? I don't think so. I think there's a chance that he could. Dylan but. Dylan texts me during the show and he goes, "Hey, I think Mark Briscoe is going to turn heel." And I was like, you, "I think you're fucking crazy." But this might sound you, this this might sound crazy, but what if they did a double turn where they turn Mark Briscoe here and then they turn Jay Lethal face? Oh, but FT, what an FTR just stays face in the process. Yeah, because they've talked about the. The situation where they uh, Jay Lethal just uh, okay. patented the, the name the Black Machismo. I saw that he's gonna end up. If you saw the, I think it was him. His face. Uh, I briefly saw a picture as I was scrolling. I think he was a part of the collision 
um, yeah. graphic too. So they obviously want to put so, him over. So it's Jared, uh, Karen Jarek and Blaine Jay Lethal from losing the match. And then oh. uh, Jeff Jarrett leave him. Dissolute that. I don't know what that means with Satnam Singh uh, or Sanjay Dutt, but I know split Jay Lethal away from him. Like I want him to be on his own because he puts on banger matches and Jay Lethal yeah. needs to be on his own. Quite he, frankly, he, I think Satnam Singh would be really cool as a baby face with funny Sanjay Dutt as his manager. I think that yeah, could go over really well. Exactly. Uh, Jay Lethal. Hella over babyface on the ROH roster that you could eventually push to be ROH world champion, feuding with Roosh and Swerve and Bandito, um, right in that mix for sure. And I mean, FTR and C- you CM FTR against the elite, I won't stop until I get it. So, no. <laughs> you know, I digress. But what, what Ivan says right here, okay, this is why I felt that this match couldn't be the main event of a pay per view. Because MJF against these three guys, and I mean no disrespect to the other three pillars, Jack Perry, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara, nobody, and I mean nobody, like, I would put my left ball on the line that MJF's winning this match. No, there's no believability factor that any of these guys are winning this match. And there's no like money in the bank briefcase that leads you to believe that after the match, like something crazy could happen. Like, so for it, so maybe after the match, someone has to show up and confront MJF. But at the end of the day, if it's just like Max holding up the title to end the show, then yeah, that's kind of lame. I said from the start, if this is your main event, you need BCC versus the elite. Yeah. BCC versus the elite. So fuck it. I'm not going to complain about it. I do get what you're saying, though, because 100%, there's no believability factor. And at the end of the day, let's be honest, the BCC versus the Elite in, or this match, what's your main event as far as star power goes? And and ironically, I feel like MJF hasn't been a good champion, in my opinion. I don't – I think he's kind of been overhyped. He's a great Mike's uh, piece, but he's not that great in the ring. He's been okay at best. But he kind of hides it with the fact that he talks great. He's one of the best promo speakers on the roster, and that's what gets him over. And that's probably why they don't use him in the ring as much because well, he's not as to. great. Kinda, it's yeah. like the Roman Reigns thing now. But, like, I'm not even going to compare them because they're not even yeah. on the no. same fucking field. Roman has deserved a right after all these years of fucking to just be here every two months and do what he does. MJF only someone here's the here's the comparison. All right. Someone compared MJF to Jamie Hayter, and they said Jamie Hayter is disrespected because she's only had three minutes of mic time since she became women's champion. And I said, okay, compared to MJF's like 66 minutes of mic time since he's become champion. And I said, cool, that's fair and all. But how many minutes wrestled in comparison do you want to look at when you look at Jamie Hayter compared to MJF? Because Jamie Hayter is involved in most women's match. Like, if you go back to when she won the title, how many matches has she been involved in? How many times has she defended her championship? Rio, Bunny, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right? Plus, 
How many run-ins has she done or been involved in segments with Britt Baker? So the comparison, when you're trying to just sit there and say, the promo time, they devalue the women because Max talks more than Jamie. No, 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 no. This time, I'm going to go ahead and commend TK and say, Britt's the, the strong talker. So Jamie's there, Britt talks, and then what does Jamie go and do? Jamie goes and works her ass off in that ring and shows why she became the champion in the first place. So you, you, you can't compare it to me. So I feel you what you're saying about Max. Sure, the, the talking is there, but the, the, the in-ring isn't there. Um, the main event's a tough spot for this match for me still. I have, I have a hard time swallowing it, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm Let's glad be. that they I'm glad that they are left not on the line, Poppy. It's <laughs> Jizzamania. Let's fucking go. I love you too, but, but, but I'm glad they found a way to push this all the way out these two months since after Revolution. They've done it. They've done it. I think right. a good perfect thing to do next week is to have just MGF cut the promo, and that's yeah. what you show. And you right, right leading right into double nothing because it's only this is the last dynamite before that. Ham cut the promo, boom. I think he's gonna win the match. I think Sammy Guevara is gonna look probably the best in the match. I think he's gonna shine there. Maybe you continue that little he's the most talented of all of them yeah. outside and of that. And then but. you push him in the right direction, like you should have done a long time ago. You, and then push Jungle Boy even more to the heel side. Have him oh, do all those undermining things to get wins like he was doing. Keep that going. And then, of course, Darby is Darby. Could you imagine he's a heel Jungle Boy against Wardlow for the TNT Championship? A heel Jungle Boy, or not even a heel, but a character-shifting Jungle Boy against Orange Cassidy for the International Championship? Come on, dude. This, this is where it's at, man. This is where it's at. For sure. Let's see. Bailey, put your gorgeous beard on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I think Double or Nothing's going to be awesome. I think Dynamite tonight ultimately kick fucking ass. I can't wait for Collision. I cannot believe we have to wait for another announcement for the CM Punk announcement. I mean, it's May 17th. Collision is June 17th. So you're not announcing. We all know, all right? We're not fucking stupid. Ivan, here it is. Your bullshit, Tony Khan. All right. You just give us the fucking tickets. All right. Put them on sale. I'm lucky. Um, this, I always buy my tickets. I always buy my tickets. But I'm lucky this time. My boy, um, he's got the United Center connections. Um, he always just has. We've been at playoff games on the glass. He might actually met CM Punk. He showed him his tattoo, like on the glass. I wasn't there, sadly, but like, like he got the UC connections. His boy told him like a month ago. I, I put it in the chat. I said, "There's going to be a new show Saturday. And it's going to be in the United Center." And I actually, Andy said, um, "All Out's going to be at the United Center." I still don't know if that's true, but he said there's going to be a new show at the United Center. I said, "Yeah, okay, whatever." All right. Well, we'll see if the announcement for the announcement for the announcement yeah. is true. I think it's going to be true. It'll be in Chicago, but fucking just announce it already. For yeah. fuck sake, Tony fucking con. But overall, TK, I love everything that you're doing, dude. Dynamite fucking killed it tonight. I can't wait for double or nothing. Cannot wait for fucking collision. Yo, Miroverse, Warlow, sign me up. Poppy, let's go. Miroverse, Hobbs, sign me up. Miroverse, yeah. Brody King, 
sign me up. Miroverse, anybody at this point, sign me up. And Bakley, remember this. It has not been announced. It hasn't been seen. I'm telling you right now, at some point in the next, from now until next Wednesday, Tony Khan will pick up his pencil and he will book Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Jack Perry against Kip Sabian and the Butcher and the Blade on Dynamite next week. It has not been announced yet, but you remember this. You remember me saying this. It will be announced. I guarantee. Rampage. It's going to be on Rampage. Mm, that would hurt. No, that would hurt the soul. You had to build a match one more time. You do that match, and then you have Max come out after or talk to him one more time, and that's it, baby. That's why he would do that, and then they'll put this match on Rampage to keep it separate from it, just because that's what T- TK does. Oh, no. But I think that match is going down. Watch yeah, it. Watch it. it will. My dude. This has been a fucking blast. Thank you so much for coming out with me. I guess I should say thanks for not having uh, the MMA show with Circle of the Bay crew after yeah. because we got to go on an extra 15 minutes than usual. Exactly. So that was cool. We just got to chill, shoot the shit. I'm glad you got to come on. And uh, first of all, for me to you, thank you for everything that you do for the Bloodline Entertainment Network. You are fucking awesome. You slay it. Social media team in big time ways. Great audio and video content. Always fucking representing for the team. We appreciate you so much. And where can the people find you, my dude? Man, you can find me. You see the Twitter handle right there. You can find me at CageIQ on Twitter. You can find all my content at Cage My IQ on YouTube, but you can also find all my stuff on the Bloodline Entertainment Network all day, all night. The MMA coverage. I just put out my UFC Vegas 73 picks and predictions for this Saturday. And don't forget, I just started 60 with Dirt Sheet Dan, where I give you guys 60 seconds a, a day of the news that we want to get, not the news that we want to forget because they're just putting out fake news i'm giving you guys the news that we want on tiktok so you can check out 60 with dirt sheet dan i've already put out three videos already bro i love 60 with dirt sheet dan you're absolutely killing it because you are fucking dirt sheet dan dude we love you too poppy for sure yeah man thank you for what you do for us as i said man you fucking you are absolutely the man you are him and as always, if you're watching this, please, as I always say, please, you know the routine by now. If you're watching TK, you know TK's rundown routine. Please hit that fucking like button. Please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it so very much. And hey, I added one. I added one. We're not just video. So you just can't look. You, know, you just have to look at our pretty faces. Mine and Dan's and Ivan's and Nick's and Devin's. Pretty big JD's. You would listen to us. You can listen to us as well. Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Music, more. Just Google the Bloodline Entertainment Network. You can all of these shows in Streets and Roto and De Niro and Raw Dog and then everything else we do in between. And you can find all that. It's all sports, wrestling, entertainment, our videos, our audio, everything we do, bloodlinenetwork.com. Again, the easiest way, just Google a Bloodline Entertainment Network, our video, our audio, our website, everything we do come up all in one place. Fakely, bro, I appreciate you again so much. To everybody who watched, to everybody who listened, to everyone who will watch, to everyone who will listen, 
follow the Bloodline Entertainment Network at the Bloodline ENT. Follow your boy at the Tim King Show on all major audio platforms. But until next time, we out. Thank <laughs> you.